0: So on today's episode of yours mentally, we are going to be talking about the locus of control or as I have titled this episode, the fate crisis. So when things happen to us, most of us tend to blame our fate for it or some of us blame ourselves for the things that happen to us. Now, I used to be the latter. I used to always blame myself for anything that happened to me. Until I met a friend in college who explained to me how the universe can also play a role in the things that happen to and around us. So on this episode, Manish and I discuss about how people blaming internal and external factors for things that happen to them... Can in turn affect their mental health. And this has got to be one of the most fun episodes I've done on the podcast so far because there's so much that I learned and unlearned from this conversation. So many things that I hadn't ever thought about and now I think about it every day. This episode is in conversation with Manish who's a counseling psychologist. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So on today's episode where we talk about locus of control, Manish, what is locus of control? Like, can you explain what it is?
1: Yes, I mean, locus of control, it's is primarily a psychological concept which was given by Julian Rotter in the 1950s, 1960s. And it mostly has to do with, it It refers to the individual's perception about underlying causes or events that happen uh, in their day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, you believe or or your perception that, okay, something has happened to you. Suppose you get good marks in your exam Mm -hmm. or you achieve something, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a competition. So Mm -hmm. then you're likely to attribute either to an internal locus of control or an external locus of control. All right. So that attribution, whether it has happened because of your own abilities or because of something else such as luck, faith, Mm -hmm. or God, right? That's basically what locus of control means, which basically means what's the focal where, where is, where is the centrality of the control that Mm -hmm. is causing uh, the said event, which could be anything such as getting good marks in an exam, or winning a competition,
0: right? So, Manish, how does our locus of control affect us in our daily lives? So,
1: it is. It is, according to me, and uh, from perhaps my limited understanding of you know the concept in an everyday functioning, okay. it, it, it's a it's a very uh, subconscious or rather an unconscious mechanism that impacts us. So, not every day we tend to think very consciously. That, oh, this has happened because of ABC, because of my skills mm-hmm. or because of something else. Right. Mm-hmm. So suppose, for instance, something good has happened and we thank, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say thank God this has happened. And we don't necessarily mean to thank God or sometimes we do actually mean to thank God. Then mm-hmm. that would comprise of, say, an external locus of control. Mm-hmm. So firstly, I think the difference between an internal locus of control and an external locus of control is that the internal has to do with your own self. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to achieve something or you have done something and you believe that it is because of you that
0: mm-hmm. it
1: has happened, that is internal locus of control. Such as believe in your efficacy, in your capabilities, uh, in, in your hard work. Mm-hmm. An external locus of control, on the other hand, is a believe in something external contributing to this, such as faith. Or, oh, I got lucky. Or like, you know, oh, suppose, for instance, God helped me or saved me. Right? Mm-hmm. So these are the two differences. So in, in every life, suppose you drive, someone's driving a car and they're about to get into an accident and they just survived. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, you may attribute it to an internal locus of control to your driving skills mm-hmm. or that, okay, your car has uh, an ABS. So because of which, you know, the brakes stopped and because of which, you know, you didn't get into this very bad accident. Or you could attribute to an external locus of control, such as God intervened and saved me from dying today. Yeah. So that would be an external locus of control. An example in an everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So if I had to ask you, mm-hmm. if, like you personally, what, what what do you think is a better locus of control to have, like an internal and external? Like, if you would ask me, mm-hmm. I'd say personally internal because, like that, in a way, also shows that you are confident about yourself. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, I feel like you know, in India, especially, and this I'm speaking personally, like, it's very personal to me as well. I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of times my mom will be like, you know, if certain things are happening to you, it's because God, Mm -hmm. you know, is there. And, you know, you should be grateful to God that you've got these opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. they sort of overshadow the hard work that we do or, you Mm -hmm. know, to achieve the certain things. So, I feel like having an external locus of control is sort of like, I won't say negative because it does help people, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I'd say having an internal is also very important. Like, it's not like, you know, you should just have one, but like, I personally would Mm -hmm. like like, prefer having like, you know, just the internal part of it more than an external Mm -hmm. locus of control. What do you think?
1: Yes, I mean, I think I do agree with you too to a large extent. And at the same time, I'm mindful of the intricacies of, of say, the locus of control. Mm-hmm. So yes, research does say that having an internal locus of control is better because you believe that you are in control. And as a result of which, you might be more resilient, have more endurance. And, you know, just if there are things that are not going in your favor, mm-hmm. just more power and believe in yourself to basically, you know overcome your challenges or whatever if you have an internal locus of control an external locus of control might overwhelm you Mm -hmm. while at the same time there is some balance also required between internal locus and external locus where uh, people with internal locus may be very very controlling or very anxious or very on edge like okay this is in my control and i have to control everything that Mm -hmm. is within me right so it can take an, an, an extreme form as well whereas people who have external locus of control they can be a bit chiller, uh, laid back. But that can again also take more extreme form. So I think a balance between the two with some points leading more towards the internal locus of control would be a good combination. And mm-hmm. perhaps uh, the complexities that I was talking about is that because we live in a society, mm-hmm. any locus of control does not happen in a vacuum. It's, it's, it's your parenting, the socialization that you're exposed to the culture that you're a part of. So if the sociocultural context in which you're a part of has higher external locus of control, you're more likely to have higher external locus of control as well, personally. Right? Yeah. So in collectivistic societies, for that matter, we do have higher external locus of control. Like, okay, this happened because of the goodwill of people mm-hmm. or because someone gave us Ashirvath, like we mm-hmm. like to say, or like, you know, it's God's, God's blessing and all Mm -hmm. of that, right? But, and there are communities, especially in the West uh, and America that are very individualistic. And so their locus of control is also more internal and that they did it because of their own hard work and, you know, capabilities. Now, what's important to realize is none of this is better. Uh, we we may like to think that, okay, yes, internal locus of control is better. And in some ways it can be, but then we also need to take the culture into context. If you look at agrarian societies or, you know, various tribal societies, they are more likely to have an external locus of control because of their collectivistic identity, right? Mm -hmm. Their identity is shared. It doesn't belong to one singular person. Mm -hmm. So because of that, everything that happens, it happens to the group, such as, for example, rain. Right, mm-hmm. rain happens to the group, to a group of farmers. And so yes. they're likely to say, Thank God, or do pujas or worship. So mm-hmm. that's where the cultural factors also weigh in. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you look at like, you know, Western researchers, they're obviously gonna say that internal locus of control is better. Mm-hmm. And it does have its own benefits. But you we also need to understand within the sociocultural context in which we are placed in, and different communities, different societies, different tribes mm-hmm. are also placed into as well. Right, yeah. which would make us understand the nuances of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like also another thing, I feel like in India mm-hmm. you'll see mm-hmm. a lot of times when something negative will happen with someone, especially like you know, traditional Indian families, they'll mm-hmm. always, you know, suppress it by saying jo hua, achhe ke or hua." I'm pretty sure you must have heard that a lot. Right, right, right. Yes. And I feel like that affects their mental health because they're suppressing their emotions. They're not like if anything bad that happens to them, they're not like, you know, understanding why it's happening they'll just be like Joe, Archie, and then they move on.
1: Yes. Yes. So basically what also happens here in, in, in the example that you gave Aman, hmm. is that when something bad does happen, right. And suppose, for instance, if we take the example of the pandemic or something bad happening, right, which hmm. is still ongoing. Now that is completely out of our control. Like yeah. we cannot control it. It is an external locus of control. Yeah. But at the same time here, what is important is to focus internally. Right. And how this external event, this pandemic is impacting you internally. Hmm. Right. Now that is something that I would, I would say that, okay, not many of us and not just Indians in particular, but a lot of us don't indulge in like, okay, what is bothering us or how is
0: it impacting us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you mentioning in like the previous episode we did that, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you hope that people don't suppress and they actually, you know, understand what they're going through and actually face it, like face their emotions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, Manish, what are the two types of locus of control, and how do they differ from one another? Like, if you are to very simply explain it.
1: Yeah. Like I was talking about, the two types are internal locus of control and external locus of control, and the difference would be internal locus of control is one where the perception of the said event is because of what you did as an individual, okay. and in an external locus of control is the perception of the said event is because of some external factors such as luck, faith god mm-hmm. etc
0: yeah okay so manish is our locus of control and inborn personality trait or is it something we develop because of the experiences we go through
1: i think it's mostly how we develop it because of a certain experiences we have in our life and uh, those experiences like i was talking about the socio-cultural background or the socio-cultural context plays a very important role in, in, in how it is developed. So if you have parents that have more external locus of control, mm-hmm. you are in the initial few years of your life, you are more likely to have that as well. But if you say move out of your house and interact with people and have your own life experiences as you grow older, mm-hmm. uh, research also does does say that as you keep growing older, we start having more and more internal locus of control. Mm-hmm. Like we believe that, okay, you know, in, in our capacities and our capabilities
0: in our own self-efficacy, Mm-hmm. oh to get something done right and do you think having a certain kind of locus of control also affects like our personality you know in a way as we grow older like people who have mm-hmm. an internal locus of control have like a different personality type and people who have an external have like a completely different personality type oh
1: i'm i'm not so sure about that i mean if i can very Split-play. honestly mm-hmm. answer that yeah mm-hmm. yeah because it's 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 when you ask that it's not necessary there could be some correlation between say a particular locus of control and a personality type but not necessarily causation mm-hmm. right? so some with internal locus of control might have say type a personality i'm just shooting an arrow in the dark all right yeah. so take this with a pinch of salt mm-hmm. uh, and someone with an external locus of control might have type b personality but that is a more association correlation but not necessarily causation that okay if you have internal locus of control you will have Type personality traits no that's not necessarily how it works again because the locus of control is also very dynamic and can also be very situation specific as well right mm-hmm. so we'd have to differentiate between trait locus of control and state locus of control mm-hmm. so and more often than not we do have we may have a fundamental trait locus of control that okay yes what i more often than not attribute to the things happening to my life is external or internal but state-wise as well, which is basically situation to situation, it can vary, it can change. So personality is is more complex, is more, more, more. I would say locus of control is a part of personality rather than it leading to a particular personality type. So however your personality description is, locus mm-hmm. of control would be sort of like a subtype or a sub-subtype within that personality category. Mm -hmm. Right. So it would fall under personality.
0: Right. So Manish, how does one know what kind of locus of control they possess?
1: There are many locus of control tests uh, that you can do uh, easily, pick it up from the Internet. And like, you know, uh, I wouldn't recommend that you pick up things from the Internet and uh, diagnose yourself with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are a lot of test self-report measures uh, where you can identify what locus of control, you know, you have. You know, the Rotter initially came up with a survey of uh, the locus of control and there are maybe uh, the University of Virginia also sort of worked on Rother's initial scale to develop a 20 item uh, survey where you know there are sentences and you have to take true or false in order to and then the scoring is done to see, okay, what is your locus of control? Is it internal or external based Mm on that
0: basis? So, Manish, can we change our locus of control once we're adults? Like, do you you think it's a difficult task?
1: Again, like I said, right, like locus of control can vary and see if you have a predominantly external locus of control, Mm -hmm. a shift to an internal locus of control might be difficult. But as we keep growing older, the shift also happens gradually. It it, it cannot be a very sudden shift. Mm -hmm. So it'll probably take years of work uh, for you to perhaps move slowly, slowly into an internal locus of control, Mm -hmm. right? And then see, when when we talk about locus of control, it's not a concept that exists in vacuum, Mm -hmm. self-esteem, self-efficacy, self-image, anxiety, depression, all of these psychosocial constructs also weigh in. So, you know, those also in turn impact your locus of control. So -hmm. suppose, for instance, if you are someone who is going through clinical depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a likelihood that you may have either a very high internal locus of control or very high external locus of control mm-hmm. anything on the extremes can be uh, uh, difficult and overwhelming so then if you work through therapy or through medications whatever it is that helps you then there might be more balance in the locus of control so again it's important for us to go back to how locus of control is only one subtype of of mm-hmm. of your whole being and, you know, your attribution to events that happen in your life. It's not your entire team, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's important for us to realize. And then this shift is also gradual
0: as and when it happens. Right. So before we move to the last question, Manish, I just wanted to ask mm-hmm. you, before we uh, recorded this episode, I remember messaging you, you know, about the idea. Mm-hmm. And the example I gave you is that a lot of times, you know, when people have problems in life, they attributed to fate they're like you know it's Mm -hmm. because you know it was just not meant to be in relationship like if a relationship doesn't you know Mm -hmm. if it Mm -hmm. ends they um, often say that you know it was not meant to be you know you'll find Mm -hmm. someone better Mm -hmm. do you think these are right things to tell someone like say uh you and me okay i'm talking to you you tell me you've gone through a breakup and Mm -hmm. i tell you that you know don't worry about it it just uh, whatever happened happened for the better you know look Mm -hmm. at the brighter side of things it was not Mm -hmm. meant to be Mm -hmm. and you'll find someone better do you think these are right things to tell someone i personally feel they're not i feel like because Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times like obviously i'm friends with you i am going to be biased towards you right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i am going to say that you know no maybe she was the problem you know there was Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you and then Mm -hmm. that also i wouldn't say gives you like you know a, a chance to like not you know retrospect on what where you may have gone wrong in the relationship but, mm-hmm, like, it's mm-hmm. somewhere in your mind makes you think that, you know, okay, maybe I wasn't wrong. Because I, as your friend, I'm telling you that you were not wrong. You don't mm-hmm. have any reason to not believe me, right? Because mm-hmm. why would I why would I say, you know, something, mm-hmm. like, wrong to you? I, I, just, I just be truthful to you. And because mm-hmm. I'm biased, I'm obviously saying good stuff about you. Mm-hmm. So, do you think these are things that we should tell someone? Like, you know, that, I uh, like, we should uh, uh, tell them that they should attribute whatever has happened to external factors and not internal factors? Like, Because I feel like you do need to, you know, self-retrospect after any, like, major uh, life event. Like, be it Mm -hmm. good or bad, Mm -hmm. I think you should always, you know, retrospect. What's your view on this?
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, I do agree with you on the fact that we do need to introspect uh, about uh, life, said life events that have happened to us. But with friends also, I think it's not necessarily a problem in, in the way that because they're your friends, are not your therapist for that matter. Yeah. So they, they are going to be, and you sort of sometimes need that, like, Oh, it's not you, it's them. And that kind of support because your friends cannot be your therapists. Sometimes mm-hmm. your friends can push you. And there's a correct way of saying that, like, Hey, you know, okay, whatever happened, to you was not right and maybe it's more about them than it is about you Uh, but i also feel that maybe this is something that you can go and talk to your therapist about maybe explore what this is happening if if there's a particular behavior that is being repeated on multiple occasions and to just go and you know see sort of talk about it to your Hmm. therapist so the friends can support them because that's what friends are there for they're not necessarily your life coach Or your Mm -hmm. therapist, but at the same time, the intentionality of the friend is important. That okay, yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna support you, and at the same time, I also feel that you could talk to your therapist about it and see what this means. And I Mm -hmm. think that would be, for the lack of a better word, the right way uh, of going about it. But them saying that, you know, if the first answer is, oh, it's okay that, okay, whatever happened, happened for the good or it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yeah, sure. So for some reason, it wasn't meant to be. I don't think there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. statement, but that's not the first thing perhaps you would want to say, because if there's a breakup that has happened, the friend might be in a lot of pain and a lot of turmoil and and, and, and a significant loss mm-hmm. as well. So the friend might be grieving, right? Mm-hmm. So what they need perhaps is time and space to grieve at that time mm-hmm. and not necessarily attribute why uh-huh. it happened and how it happened. See, so uh-huh. the attribution of a said event happens later on. It's uh-huh. not the first response. Uh-huh. All right? It's when you're grieving and something has happened and you're trying to make sense and meaning out of that experience is when the attribution uh-huh. of the is it internal or external happens. And it's it's, it's a gradual process.
0: Uh-huh. So it's
1: not like a bullseye kind of thing like oh yes internal locus of control and done or external locus of control done no Mm -hmm. some things are internal some things are external and relationships just make it more and more nuanced and complex so Mm -hmm. you know not a very simple way of looking at it Mm -hmm. but i hope this sort of answers your
0: your question here yeah 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 it does Mm -hmm. and like yeah i was just like even talking about about it from like the growth perspective I feel Mm. like sometimes, you know, when you sort of attribute stuff to external factors, like you said, you can attribute to external factors, but if Mm. you're entirely attributing it to external factors, you are not growing as a person because then you're not seeing that, you know, where you may, where you may have gone wrong or where you could, where you were wrong. You are all the time thinking about, you know, how Mm. external, Mm. how the external factors were the reasons that this happened so I feel like you're also not growing as a person you and,
1: know and i think that's okay as well i mean is what i would say that if someone is not growing as a person i don't think everyone needs to grow by which i mean that see when when we talk about growth growth mm-hmm. is uh, not linear it, it 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 is back and forth it's curvy linear like and i think i've spoken to you about this yeah. on previous episodes as well how growth is never linear mm-hmm. and not all of us sort of sometimes have the privilege or the luxury to grow as well because to able to introspect See, I talk about therapy in almost all of the episodes that I record with you. Mm -hmm. While I'm also aware of the fact that half the listeners of this podcast might not even be able to afford therapy because, say, they're still dependent on their parents, right? Mm -hmm. So, but that doesn't mean that I stop saying what I have to say. But at the same time, it also doesn't make the listeners any less, you know, growth oriented. Mm -hmm. They don't have the resources or the accessibility to therapy. That's not their fault. So when we talk about growth as well, not everyone can suppose, you know, grow or chase growth like it's Mm -hmm. something that is to be chased. It will come to you. Let it come to you. And we need to be in a particular space Mm -hmm. of mind and, and, and heart as well and bodily as well in order to feel that we can grow. Mm-hmm. Right? So growth, growth is also something that's. We to actually talk about it in another episode in greater detail. How mm-hmm. oh, it's also thrown around a lot. It sort of becomes the catchphrase. Mm-hmm. It's growth, growth, psychological growth, even for that matter. But not all growth looks uh, neat and clean. You mm-hmm. might end up coming up. Growth doesn't look crisp, neat, and in nice, a nice suit.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: probably looks like a messy hair come out of your uh, bed after a long nap,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: and to the uh, onlooker the person in the nice crisp suit mm-hmm. might seem like okay this is growth and to the one with the messy hair and the messy clothes coming out of a nap might seem not growth but we never know whose story is what so you know the mm-hmm. growth is growth can be messy and not all of us can afford it uh, at, at at all points in our life sometimes mm-hmm. certain things take more priority than our own personal growth, and i think that's
0: completely all right yeah mm-hmm. Wow, that was was new, that was actually quite (laughs) eye-opening to me. Because, it's like, I think all my life, all my life, I'd say, like, at least in the past few years, Mm -hmm. it's always been in my head that, you know, if you're, if you have, like, a negative, like, a setback in life, Mm -hmm. you learn from it and you, you know, grow from it. Like, I feel like I was not always giving myself enough time to acknowledge what has happened. I was going on Mm -hmm. to see, okay, where can I improve? how can I grow from Mm. this and all that Mm. because like like you said you know this term is thrown around too often that you have to grow from this you have to you know become a better individual all the time but like like you said not everyone might have the resources or the privilege or even the understanding I'd say to you know grow like people Mm. can take it at their own pace and I think that should be fine like you know
1: of course of course
0: like so many times people will be like oh you know you're 18 grow up you know do, yeah, just do yeah. that. I, I yeah. feel like it's it's <laughs> all right if you are going at your own pace as long as you feel like you're all right doing what you're doing, it's completely okay. That's to well. Take, Go take your
1: time, like you know, anyone who's listening, take your time, and it's okay. It's it's it, it, it is chill, like you know, everyone's just walking at their own pace, and it may seem like a race, but it isn't a race, yes. and so you know, it's all right to walk slow or. Stand, stand, straight, or lie down at times. It's completely all right. Yeah, doesn't yeah, mean you're missing out on something. It might seem like that. It definitely feels like that at times, but mm-hmm. it no, it's not necessarily that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even with academics, so many times like if you definitely, especially with academics, as yeah. Biology, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, okay. Now, how do I do better? How do I, you know, do better mm-hmm. in the next exam? I don't think mm-hmm. people take enough time to acknowledge that. Okay, I have failed. Let mm-hmm. that sink in. They're already starting to, you know, get ready for the next exam. And then mm-hmm. when that also goes bad, then you know they're just broken. They're shattered after that because like, yes, yes, they, they didn't yes. take enough time to actually acknowledge that they have failed, and you know, yes, yes. That. yes, exactly. Yes, so, exactly. Mm. So lastly, Manish, what are some major life events that have the ability to change our locus of control? I'm
1: not sure how to answer this exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, say, suppose, for instance, if you have a internal locus of control, for instance, again, just like, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. And then something happens is there's a death in the family. Mm-hmm. Now that death in the family can put you into post-traumatic stress or depression, as a result of which you might develop more external locus of control and all of that. So again, like I said, locus of control is sort of like a byproduct of what happens when we experience something. Mm-hmm. It's not the first response that we have. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there's a major life event or something traumatic, suppose, for instance, such as death of a very close one or a loved one that has happened, our first response wouldn't be, I mean, it may be, okay, how, why did this happen? How did this happen? But we're still reeling from it. Mm-hmm. But as in when we, uh, uh, you know, process start processing it, we come up with a lot of more feelings. And within those feelings, locus of control is one of those. So unfortunately i don't have a very direct answer to this but just this differs from case to case and there are other things that we need to report and look into
0: uh before uh the locus of control even weighs in yeah yeah and while you're talking about you know grieving during the death of a loved one mm-hmm. i feel like even during um that a lot of people will come and tell you that you know don't cry cheer up you know they're in a better place now yes 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 i feel like never say <laughs> that like okay I understand if kids are saying that, like kids, by kids also, I mean like people mm. below, below the age of 14 or something. But mm. like, that's not something you should say to someone because, like, they, they, they're they going to take their own time to grieve. You can't speed that process up. That's not how it works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that people say that it's also not their fault because they also don't know what to say because that is such a taboo topic mm. in our culture and overall in, in, in the entire world that, you know, people really don't know what to say when something uh, major or traumatic has happened to someone. Mm -hmm. So uh, more often than not, we end up saying things that we could have not said, which is don't cry or don't grieve, they're in a better place and all of Mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's just that we don't know any better what to say. And we feel very uncomfortable uh, with acknowledging the fact that uh, we might not know what to say exactly on certain times and that, that is so okay to not know what to say. Uh And sometimes that can be very powerful and that can have a very healing effect on on Uh the person when when you tell them that, hey, I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you because this is a lot and this is overwhelming and I'm sorry it's this way. And that's sort of about it because we feel like, okay, there's a need of control or, okay, we got to say something to make the other person feel better. We feel, I don't know, overwhelmed, confused. Uh So many feelings come up. And so when we do end up saying something that we couldn't have, could have not, it's more about our feelings
0: overpowering us than it is about the other person. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think another example of that is like something as basic as, you know, when your friend is crying and you don't know what to say in your mind, you're just thinking, you know, what what do I say? What do I say? And then you say something you don't want to, because like at that moment you're just confused because like you don't want to stay quiet, but you also don't want to like say something wrong. And then you do end up saying something that probably you do not want to, to, like you didn't want to say. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think that is like a very, very common thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That does happen. That does happen. I think at that point, if anything, just be with the friends. Sometimes more often than not, what we need is the presence of people rather than words. Yeah. Wow.
0: (laughs) Right. That was (laughs) a good, good episode. You you really opened my eyes with the last few answers. And uh, (laughs) now I'm going to spend the night thinking about that. a Lord, lot Lord, Lord to reflect on
1: honestly from this
0: episode just another uh, episode with Manish I see yeah <laughs> actually it's like every other song I was like ah man I'm glad I'm glad yeah but yeah I really enjoyed it but honestly learned a lot like today probably more than any other episode I learned so much like at least personally yeah you
1: keep saying that i In after every episode i sort of start doubting
0: myself like what are you saying no i'm I'm... save it for some special occasions no no i'm for real like this this, the whole you know the whole last part i genuinely did not think about things that way the way you explained it yeah Um, yeah i feel like now it's just given me uh, a lot of dif- a different perspective to look at things you know mm-hmm. uh, in the positive light obviously not negatively so mm-hmm. yeah so thank Thanks. you for, for that yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I'm actually still you know thinking about that only like it's just like so much to process well take written. your time take your yeah. time
1: we don't have to process it process everything tonight
0: yeah mm. yeah so yeah mm. so thank you Anish for being with us and yes Thank you so time. much, Yourmani. And yeah. to everyone who's listening, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next steps.